Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Yeah, and certainly, you know, amongst all the, the hitters that are available this offseason, you know, he's one that's shown he can do it and shown he can do it at the biggest stage. And, you know, both power and contact. I and mean, he's, he's an impressive, impressive player and apparently, you know, great in the clubhouse as well. So certainly somebody that I imagine all 30 teams were interested in, but, you know, someone we'll take a look at closely. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I'm David Haw, along with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. That was the familiar voice of Cubs general manager Carter Hawkins talking to the Marquee Sports Network about Jose Abreu, one of the free agents at the top of their list and probably other teams. He's going to get a lot of attention, Bruce, and thought it was interesting that it, the transparency was there. They made no mistake. I guess he's a free agent. That that definitely it's no surprise. Um Wanted to, we've established the Cubs could use Jose Abreu. We've established what we feel about Jose Abreu. A little surprise this week, and maybe I shouldn't have been. The Cubs pared the roster down to 36, and among the players outrighted was Fran Mil Reyes. A lot was made about his emergence last year. They got him from the Guardians uh, on sort of the scrap heap, and he had a good showing early on, maybe kind of tapered off at the end. But um, what did you make about the way the Cubs pared down the roster, the 40-man roster, and outrighted guys like Reyes and David Bodie and Alec Mills? Uh, that uh, they're getting better. That as a franchise, they expect better players in those positions that those players held. Uh, with all due respect to them, Reyes came over. He was okay. Um, David, he doesn't have a position. Uh, they tried him at first base. I, I think that. Uh, David Ross is a stickler, and I'm sure most managers are, but he's a stickler for, I'm not just going to give you a position and expect you to go out there and just take up space. Uh, they had they had the same problem with Frank Schwindel. Uh, Schwindel, during his hot time, was able to be out there, you know, at the end of 2021 and be, you know, you know player of the month for two months in a row. But um, defensively, he was uh, not good. Uh, the same thing with uh, Reyes. Do you really, you know, take up a roster spot for a guy who's a DH who didn't really hit a lot of home runs for you? How do you project him? And and uh, will he be available to you again, uh, you know, outrighted as a free agent out there eventually 
will you still be able to uh, go out and get them if you want them? I, I think you will. But to me, it was, hey, we expect better players in our roster in two th- 2023 and beyond. And, you know, all due respect to David Bodie, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, since he damaged his shoulders so severely, it's been a tough road back for him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shocked by that. They still have to pay him another couple of years on a, a long-term contract, but um, not huge money. And uh, the idea that they have better players coming, it's probably a good sign for Chicago Cub uh, fans right now. Bruce, what can you tell us about the Japanese right-hander, Kode Senga, because he's somebody we have talked about. I like the fact that when we were talking about him uh, from pitching for the Fukuoka uh, Hawks, as uh, my favorite Japanese league team, by the way, um, that the Cubs were seemingly out in front, and now you're reading links to the Dodgers and other teams with money, and here's the right-hander that – seems to be major league ready. What do you think is the future for uh, Senga and how important and how major league ready do you think he is based on people you've talked to? Well, the, the Japanese reporters and the, the people I've talked to there think that he can pitch in the major leagues. He's not a guy that throws a hundred, but he, he knows how to get hitters out. Um, you know, there's a lot of savvy there. They're, they're, you know, to me, he would fit great for the White Sox or the Cubs. I, I think, I think our, our segment coming up here, we're going to talk a little bit more about the White Sox and their needs. And, David, uh, they need pitching. The Chicago White Sox need pitching. Uh, why do we say that? Uh, the Chicago White Sox going into the season have Michael Kopech coming off of an injury. Okay. Michael Kopech looked really good as a pitcher, and I mean a pitcher, last year because he hurt his knee early. He didn't have the... Uh, 98, 99-mile-an-hour velo that he had in the past, but he showed that he had the ability to pitch. That's a good sign. Is he going to be healthy going into next year? You've lost, arguably, after Dylan Cease, the most important pitcher you had on your team last year. Johnny Cueto is a free agent. Right. Are you bringing back Johnny Cueto? Are you going to roll the dice again saying, Johnny Cueto at age 36, 37, is he going to be as good as he was for us last year? I don't know that that says if you can catch lightning in a bottle twice. I think you may have right. done that last year. He was as valuable as anybody on your roster in your clubhouse. Uh, I just don't know if – so was Elvis Andrews. So what are you going to do with him? Does he play second base if you can't make a trade to get a better alternative I there? You think he's gone? Yeah. No, I know. I think he'd be a, a great player to have. I think on this he'd be team. fine at second base. Where else is he going to play everyday shortstop, Bruce? Or, or, okay, Bruce, Bruce here, though. You're tiptoeing around what you want to say. And what you want to say is you want the Sox to go big, bold, and reach deep into Jerry Reinsdorf's pockets. And you want Verlander. Just say it. You want the Sox to go after Justin Verlander, right? I don't see any problem with that. See? I don't see any <laughs> other than writing the check. You know, writing the check. Verlander, uh, uh, for people who, uh, you know, are great baseball fans out there didn't uh, see this, said he wouldn't go to a place like the New York Yankees, okay? Doesn't like the uh, the fan base there. He was very uh, up front and adamant about the fact New York. But Chicago, how many, t- how many times have you ever heard anybody say, ah, I don't want to play in Chicago. The fans stink there, okay? The fans are tough there. The fans are... 
I mean, I think fans on both sides of town can be tough, but I think it's the fairest place in baseball to play. Chicago, Illinois, both sides of town. So for me, um, why not Verlander for a two-year deal for uh, $78.3 million, okay? Round it off to $80 million. Bruce, you okay this morning? You, you feeling all right? Did you get I'm you have your oatmeal? Did you have I'm some coffee? Fine. Bruce. I'm feeling fine. You're you talking broached about this Cy earlier, Young and I Award thought you winner. had to be kidding. You have the Cy Young Award winner in the American League available to you as a free agent. If you're saying that the Cubs might be in the mix, we know that back in 2017, I think it was before the Quintana deal, Justin Verlander expressed some interest in playing for the Cubs. They can definitely afford it. They can definitely be a team you could imagine being in the mix. The White Sox are never in the mix for these high-priced free agents. They, you know I wouldn't that. say that. They, they offered $300 million plus to two of those. And they ended up 0 for 2 of those. Okay. I, I mean, right. I just don't know the Sox. I get it. It seems like a fool's errand to send Rick Hahn to negotiate with Justin Verlander knowing what the end result would be. Ambitious, yes. Realistic, I don't know, Bruce. I don't know. You roll with the callers for a minute, and I'll be, I'll be right back with you, okay? <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phone lines. The score listener line is powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Let's go out to the phone lines, and that's where we find our buddy Ron on the south side. Good morning, Ron. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, guys. Just a couple of things. Rick Hahn said that he is going to – have people, uh, players at the positions where they're better suited. So naturally, know that that implies uh, for um, Vaughn. But it also should apply to Eloy. I know Eloy does not want to be a DH, but that's where he's better suited. So as a result of that, the White Sox will have a need for a left fielder. Uh, I'm fine with Andrews a second. I guess maybe later on, uh, Cologne might be able to play right field. But, but Bruce, it gets me to, my, to the point. They are going to have to go after free agents. I don't think they have enough. You're not going to trade off the major league level, I don't think, to improve the team. You have to usually go to your minor league. I don't know if the Sox have enough to cover up that many different holes. You're looking at left field, right field, pitching, and second base. Certainly every team is going to have some holes, but I, I don't see where they're going to get uh, around spending some money without free aid because you definitely need a left fielder. So those are my points. Thanks, guys. I think you're right, Ron. You're on it, and you have to pencil Eloy in to, as your DH, especially if Abreu is going. You're opening that spot for a reason. You wonder about the White Sox and – a guy like Brandon Nimmo, who is going to be out there. I don't think the Sox are going to be in the mix there. He might be headed back to the Mets. He'll be definitely, um, he'll be definitely a highly sought after free agent. I don't want to say Adam Engel necessarily, but he's a guy that they probably have moved on from. Um, Oscar Colas is is the right fielder you would think on opening day. Rick Hahn mentioned that as a possibility. Ron, you raise a good point with AJ Pollock out of the mix opting out of the deal and, and taking advantage of the open market. He thinks he's going to be getting a better deal elsewhere. The Sox have an opening in left field, and they're going to either have to be creative in the trade market or uh, 
dig down deep and get a free agent that um, can fill fill the uh, fill the need that obviously exists. Let's go out to the phone lines of where we find Joe is in Downers Grove. Good morning, Joe. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, how you doing today? Um, hey, I had an interesting thought. I was I know that the Sox just uh, <clears throat> renewed uh, Anderson, took up the club option. He's making about twelve and a half. I'm a, I'm a Tim Anderson fan. I think he's a really good player, but. With a guy like Danzy Swanson or Carlos Correa out there, I would think that that Anderson would be a huge trade piece. You could upgrade to a very uh, gold-glove caliber shortstop that's got lots of power, experienced World Series champion in either of those two guys, bring them in. I think that could be a great move for the Sox. Well, I don't know. Thanks for the phone call. I just think Tim Anderson represents everything you want when he's healthy, everything you need, everything that Pedro Griffol is going to want to try to instill. Tim Anderson is still a very valuable part of this organization. He's a very impactful player and person in the community. He's a very strong representative of your organization. He had a bad year. I don't think that I want to – give up on Tim Anderson. I don't think I necessarily want to change his position. I think that the more time that passes from the end of last season's disaster, the more you, the more I feel committed to a guy like Tim Anderson, if he can stay healthy, can make a difference and is the kind of all-star shortstop that, you know, be careful what you wish for because when he's healthy, he is – He's a good fit, and he's, he's very dangerous at the top of that order. And uh, much like Dexter Fowler affected the Cubs during their heyday and their, their nice run at the top of the order, when he goes, they went. And same is true for Tim Anderson at the top of the White Sox batting order. Let's go back to the phone lines. Barry is in Deerfield. Good morning, Barry. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, David. Good morning. Uh, you, you guys were just talking about Cueto and – you know, questioning bringing him back because he's 36. And then uh, and then you're talking about Verlander, you know, who is 39. Uh, I, if I'm the White Sox, I invest the money with the 36-year-old. I, you, you might be right. You don't catch lightning in a bottle twice. But in terms of the investment for looking for f- money to be free for younger pitching, I, I wouldn't pursue Verlander just for that reason alone. I think that's a fair comment. Look, Verlander is going to put somebody over the top or bring somebody closer to a championship than they are right now. And I don't want to deny that reality. His record speaks for itself. Within days, I think, Sean, is he going to win the Cy Young Award? He's, he's the likely he choice should. in the American mm-hmm. League, and it's going to be named you know, any day now. But Justin Verlander still has something left. I reacted the way I reacted to Bruce's suggestion or idea because it's so contrary to everything that we've ever seen from the White Sox. They have never written a $100 million contract. Their highest-paid guy, free agent ever, is Yasmani Grandal. You know, they paid all that money to that Dallas Keiko. How'd that go? I am not saying that Justin Verlander isn't somebody you would want at the top of your rotation. I am just saying that if you're going to pick a team in Chicago – likely to be in the mix, more likely to be flirting with the idea of adding him to your rotation at the top of it, it would be the Cubs more than the White Sox just because of the White Sox history of avoiding these kind of $40 million a year deals. 
as well as the reality that we just heard the tone from Vegas at the GM meetings. They were going to be restrictive in their approach, and you had to have a limit on their payroll. If you're limiting your payroll, I don't think that you're going to be pursuing Justin Verlander in the same offseason. Let's go back to the phone lines. Jack is in Hillside. Jack, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, thank you, fellas. Uh, enjoying the show. A uh, couple things. One is uh, I had a comment early on when you were talking about uh, <clears throat> the Sox uh, trying to move on from Abreu. I agree. I, great. I love them with great respect and admiration. It's time. we got to go, brother, make room for uh, Andrew Vaughn. What I'm wondering about is this, I believe the Sox may try and get away without a new left fielder uh, and, and let Eloy play there much of the time, which – makes me wonder about the guy I never hear anyone speak about, and that is Gavin Sheets, who I was not a fan of, but I have to tell you, he played so, he showed me so much how fundamentally sound he was, and then his whole approach to hitting, he looks like this is the big left-handed hitting first baseman somebody should want. So when you said then that, uh, you know, the Sox wouldn't have a type of player for Sean Murphy, who is What's the deal with Gavin Sheets? So that's my main question. Is, is he completely devalued? Can he not play defensively at first base? I don't know. Uh, the other thing, uh, since you were talking about Tim Anderson, uh, I know, David, you're a big fan. I believe he's a, he's not a, he's a liability because he's a, a, a low baseball IQ shortstop who's not really a team leader for such. He's a, he's a clutch performer, charismatic guy. Great. You know, go lead off for the Yankees, and you'll probably be the star of the World Series. I don't see him. He has not played more than 123 games since 2018. I'm not sure. So uh, those are my two comments. What, Jack, that's a really good point about Tim Anderson. And as we said with Jose Abreu and some of the other first basemen we've talked about, the biggest ability in professional sports is availability. And Tim Anderson needs to stay healthy to put himself in a position to be the catalyst that I described. Well, well, your point's well taken there. As for Gavin Sheets, I'm with you. I like the idea of Gavin Sheets maturing into a 25 to 30 home run guy. I like the power from the left side. I don't know that he's limited defensively at first base because I don't think we've seen enough to know. I just think that when you look at the White Sox and you project their 2023 and beyond, then... Andrew Vaughn has got to be the guy that plays first base because you got to get him out of the outfield. This experiment and this practice of playing first baseman in the corner outfield spots has got to stop. It's got to stop. If you are serious about being a better defensive team, then you have to stop putting infielders in the outfield, period, end of story. So I think that's the way you look at Gavin Sheets. Does he have a role at first base? Probably not. If Andrew Vaughn is your everyday first baseman, I don't think that leaves him many at-bats for Gavin Sheets if Aloy is your DH. Gavin Sheets, by the same token, could likely draw you something in return, perhaps. He is the ideal guy to include in any trade with the A's for Sean Murphy because he's young, he's cheap, and he's developing. And who knows what the A's may think of him, but he would be a guy that I would include in that trade. It certainly would not be enough. Uh, you'd have to throw in more. But Gavin Sheets is somebody who I would not give up on necessarily, but I think his greatest value to the Sox organization is in a trade. Let's fit in one more phone call. Tim is in Beecher. Tim, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. How's it going this morning? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, um, 
I have a question. What, what do you guys think about moving Anderson to second base? You know, with the, with the rules changing and the shift rules and everything, his athleticism, I, I think he could flourish at second base in the amount of ground that he would have to cover. Because I'm re- not really a big fan of his at shortstop, but I, I really think him at second base, he could really be good. And uh, that would give the Sox an opportunity to add a shortstop or keep Andrus. Um, I want to know what your thoughts are and if you think it, if Anderson would do it or if he'd be too, you know, that he wouldn't want to give up his spot at shortstop. It's a good question, Tim. It's a really good idea as well because the new second baseman, if you will, and I, and I don't know how different this will be, but it's going to get a lot of conversation. And I think a lot of players will view playing second base a little bit differently than maybe they did before um, the shifting took over baseball. Next year, without the shift, uh, the, the way that people are talking about the position. And it makes a lot of sense. You're going to need a better athlete there. You're going to need somebody with a good arm there. You're going to need a quasi-shortstop playing second. Tim Anderson is all those things. He also probably would want to stay at his, his normal position. There's a stature. There's a prestige maybe. maybe. Maybe there's a comfort level you don't want to disturb. But you have to have the player input. You can't dismiss that because I think – it's important when you have a team leader like Tim Anderson to respect where he is more comfortable, maybe more valuable. If you are able to sign Elvis Andrews, this is a conversation you've got to have with those two guys. Elvis Andrews is a very sound def- defensive shortstop. Tim Anderson likes playing there but is less sure-handed. So what do they want to do? And do you factor that in if you're Pedro Grifol? I think you do. I don't think you dismiss it because Tim Anderson is a team leader. Elvis Andrews is a baseball player, and he was the Sox' best baseball player in the final month of the season after being added to the mix. So it's a really creative idea, Tim. I think that it's not without merit, but I think you have to have and factor in the input from the players and with the manager and feel like because you want a cohesive clubhouse, and chemistry does matter, especially when you're talking about the middle of the infield. Let's close out the segment with – Tom, who is in Western Springs. Tom, welcome inside the clubhouse. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I I feel like I'm one of the only people that's really thinking about what's down on the farm. Well, I think you're probably right. Lenin Sosa, um, other options, I, I don't know that that sounds ambitious. Romy Gonzalez being the opening day uh, second baseman for the White Sox doesn't do a lot for me. I, I think we have seen that unfold. We have seen them rely on internal options, on great ideas, and they tried to be, you know, they tried to patch together something that needed a lot more reinforcement. And so I don't like any of the internal ideas because I don't trust them. And that's, uh, and you don't need to go there. If you're in 2023 and you're the White Sox, they had this dispute, not dispute, debated with Mully the other day. I think the Sox are ready. I think the Sox have to look at 2023 as a playoff opportunity. I don't think they're that far away. You look at this roster, and there's opportunity there. So I don't want a trial player at second base on opening day. I want a sure thing. I want a guy that you look at and you see 500 at-bats, and you see sure-handed defense, you see smart base running, and you see asset, not liability. So I think the Sox are ready to win now, and none of the farm options to me are, are appealing because if you start you start a minor leaguer making his ascension in his major league debut on opening day 2023, to me, you're conceding before you have to concede. You don't have many minor league options to go to that make a lot of sense. 
The Cubs, by the way, on the other hand, comma, they do have a minor league option they should consider in spring training. They do have a guy that deserves a good, long, hard look. His name is Matt Mervis. He's the Cubs minor league player of the year, and he joins us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and always live on the free Odyssey app. That's quite a a comparison. I was dreaming a little bit on that one, but you know, there's similar body types there. Matt Mervis smokes one to left center field and it is out of here. I should have taken the over. Two-run homer by Matt Mervis, and the National League has exploded here in the fifth inning. Seven to three. Jimmy, that's a bomb to left center. When a left-hand hitter can do that, that shows you they have legitimate power. Yeah, like I said, I mean, that might be your Cubs' first baseman in 2023. Not so, you know, he's leading the league in home runs. He's got six. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine here on 6-7 to score. That was a highlight from Matt Mervis, the Cubs minor league player of the year. A two-run bomb in the Arizona Fall League All-Star game. Thank you to MLB Network. That was one of six that Matt Mervis hit in 15 games. He hit 36 home runs last year in 502 at-bats in the Cubs minor league system. That's why he got the award. And he joins us now on the guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Excited to talk to you. This is a big off season, and we are talking about what teams are going to be doing and adding to their major league rosters. I'm wondering, after the kind of year that you had, after the kind of success that you enjoyed, how are you approaching this offseason, and how different is it from past offseasons? Um, well, first, I'm, I'm going to get some rest. Um, you know, it was a, a long season for me, and it was over twice the workload from last year, so very different um, in terms of how much time I have in the offseason and, um, you know, kind of understanding what I need to do to, to recover and and then ramp back up for 2023. Um but just, you know, keep working on the things that I worked on last year. There's still a lot of work to do there. And then really being honest with myself and seeing where I struggled this year and, and what needs improvement so I can attack those things. Okay, let's let's take it right from there. What are those areas that you need to improve on? Because everybody is just looking at you and going, hey, this guy jumped so many levels this previous year. Why not start the 2023 season with the Chicago Cubs? Well, there's there's still some, some fine-tuning to do with my swing. Um, you know, I just want to hammer down consistency and, and being short to the ball, which are two things that I worked on the whole year. Um, and so just really getting the mechanics down early so I can not worry about those during the season and, and just hit, um, you know, whatever, whatever pitch is thrown my way. And just, you know, keep doing some left-handed work off the machine and, and seeing sliders and whatever spin I can, can replicate off that heading into spring training. So, um, you know, when I get into those live at-bats, it feels – I feel ready and I can and get ready into a rhythm. 
So, Matt, your swing looks so natural and fluid, and obviously with you have left-handed power and you, you look the part, 6'4", 225, everybody kind of envisions what that will look like for the Cubs at Wrigley Field. But how hard was it at Duke, from what I understand? You were a pitcher. Did you think that you would one day be you know, on, on a major league mound rather than manning first base or being in a batter's box? Did you feel like that was the path, and how difficult was it to change? Uh, well, I came into school as a two-way. Um, I, I obviously pitched a whole lot more in my first two years than I hit, but, um, you know, I've always seen myself as a hitter. And, yeah, at times it got a little daunting thinking that maybe I won't hit again or, or that my path is pitching. But, um, you know, deep down I've always believed in myself as a hitter and, and never stopped working as a hitter. So, um, yeah, that, that thought crept in my head probably my sophomore, maybe beginning of my junior year of college um, when I still wasn't hitting. But uh, once I got the opportunity, I knew I'd be a hitter. Matt, when you uh, look at uh, analyzing your swing and working with the hitting coaches, how much of your development is uh, around metrics and around the, uh, the Cubs hitting lab? And how extensive is that uh, type of work if you are involved? I try to stay away from the metrics. Um, you know, whatever the Cubs give me, I'm sure is backed by data and analytics, but, um, you know, I tend to overanalyze things like I did a lot of in 2021. Um, kind of got in my own way mechanically and watched too much video probably. So um, I leave that to the people who, who know what they're doing. And I just, you know, if they give me a drill they want me to work on, then I'll do that and, make sure I understand why I'm doing it. But for me, it's more about um, more feel than mechanics and analytics. Joined by Matt Mervis, the Cubs minor league player of the year here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. Matt, the Cubs named a new hitting coach on Tuesday. He's no stranger to people who have been around the minor league system. Dustin Kelly has been part of the organization. I wonder about the change in approach at the major league level. I wonder about your familiarity because of – what you potentially could mean to this lineup and to this organization. What do you know about Dustin Kelly and the impact he'll have on you specifically? Yeah, I've known DK for two years now. Um, he's been a coordinator with us for the last two seasons, and I, I've never heard a bad thing said about him by any hitter. Um, you know, he came over from the Dodgers and fit right in to our organization and, and immediately made a positive impact on the hitting department. Um, I think he, he really knows what he's talking about. He's great, not only mechanically, but also approach-wise. Um, and even mentally, he's able to, to talk guys through at-bats and how pitchers are attacking people and how you know catchers are, are attacking and pitching coaches and stuff like that. So he really knows the game really well. Um, and I'm excited to see what he's able to do at the big league level. As David pointed out when you uh, started this interview with us, Matt, uh, Watching you and Lance from uh, Marquee go through the uh, the video of your swing, it was uh, it was it was fun to watch and, and just the idea of how fluid it is. How how hard has it been to develop that swing that looks so natural for you? You talked about struggles along the way coming from being a pitcher to a hitter. Uh, how natural is that swing for you now? Um, I think that's an interesting question. So it, it, it always felt natural growing up and then getting to college and working with new hitting coaches who, you know, it's high level division one baseball. I, I 
came into college thinking like this guy is going to really know what he's talking about and really be able to help me. And so I fully bought into his approach and it got me really mechanical and kind of out of my natural swing. So it took me until 2019 summer. Funny enough, I worked with Mike Roberts, who was a coach with the Cubs at the time. Um, And like I mentioned in, in that interview with Lance that, he told me about guys like Rizzo and Schwarber who, you know, had their lower hands and, and allowed them to be more natural. So that got me back into the swing that I felt comfortable with. And then since then, it's just been trying able to maintain that feeling and allowing my body to do what it naturally does. Sports is a world of comparison. So when people see you on the marquee sports network as they will in spring training and maybe, you know, in Chicago next year, Matt, you know that there'll be comps and people, oh, I, this reminds me of this kind of swing. And boy, he looks has that kind of power. As you were developing and growing up as a young hitter, and obviously it's what you do best because everyone can see how natural it looks. Who did you copy your game after? Who did you model your swing after as, as a kid growing up? I just love left-handed power hitters. Um, you know, growing up, it was Prince Fielder and Ryan Howard, um, guys like that, and now just watching Harper and Jordan Alvarez and Rizzo and Schwarber. So, um, and I like David Ortiz a ton. So, just watching guys like that who can, you know, growing up, it was kind of before the era of the home run. So, obviously, those guys still did it and did it frequently. So, watching them was fun and. I don't know if I modeled my swing or my game after anybody, but, um, you know, when I would go on ESPN and look for highlights, it would be those guys. So we're going to use you as, because you have that great Duke background and as intelligent as you are, and we're getting uh, to hear that uh, on the air right now, we're going to get, we're going to ask you for an analysis of Cubs coaching in their system and uh, what, what, where you think that's at and, and how are they developing players right now? Because you are a prime example of that, but you're also an intelligent enough guy to see how that is working, not only for yourself, but for the others that are coming up in the Cubs system, which seems to be pretty robust right now. Yeah, you said it. I mean, the the system's great right now, and I think not only is that a tribute to the players and, and some of the trades that we've made acquiring a lot of talent, but you look at the homegrown guys that are, moving through the system and moving quickly. Um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to my 2020 undrafted free agent class where um, we've had, I think three reach triple a already and, and a couple more in double a. So, um, you know, the, the Cubs have done not only a good job of drafting good players, but helping them develop into higher level guys. And hopefully we'll all be able to make an impact in Chicago soon. Matt, before we let you go, you obviously are a pretty aware guy. You know what's going on. You pay attention to the media, whether social media or, or, or the network or whatever. You know there's a lot of expectations for any young Cub prospect, but especially in this market, in this town, where there, everything is magnified. How do you handle that kind of success? How do you handle those kinds of expectations that you know are very different than any you've dealt with before? I can tell you that I have higher expectations for myself than anybody will ever put on me. So, um, you know, my job is to wake up every day and be ready to play a good game of baseball and help the Cubs win. So 
Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to the media and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, you know, my job is to, to show up to the field every day and help the Cubs win. Well, thank you very much, Matt. Appreciate the time this morning. Congratulations on your success both last season and at the Arizona, Arizona Fall League, and look forward to seeing you uh, in Arizona at spring training. And, and remember, hey, there's, uh, remember, there's that piece of metal called the MVP trophy of the Arizona Fall League. We're wishing you uh, the best uh, luck getting that because it appears you've deserved it. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Matt Mervis, the Cubs minor league player of the year for 2022. And, Bruce, maybe he'll be at the Cubs convention as well. I said see you at spring training. We'll see him first in January at the Sheridan. He'll be probably front and center. I can imagine. Why wouldn't he be there? We, it's, it's the place to be. And it's the only convention in town to be at uh, in January if you're a baseball team in Chicago. Matt Mervis, bright young prospect for the Cubs. A lot, a lot of expectations that he will face when he, whenever he arrives. I found it fascinating that uh, a guy with a Duke background like he has and such an intelligent guy uh, eschews the use of metrics in his uh, game and stays out of the Cub uh, hitting lab and just goes about it in the old school way. Don't tell Bernstein. I mean, he's another Dukey. We know where he stands. I mean, that if I'm Dan Bernstein and he happens to be listening to the show – can you imagine the disappointment, the profound disappointment he has in his fellow Dukey when he said, Matt Mervis, I have no use for analytics. Basically, that's what he said, Bruce. Yeah, he did. Well, Dan makes very good use out of analytics uh, on his show. It's, it's, it's a wonderful show that he and Lawrence do, and everybody should pay attention every uh, weekday from uh, 9 until or is it 10 until 2? 10, 10 to 2. 10 to 2 yes. because we are 5.30 to 10, the Mullion Haas show. Yeah, every day, Bernstein and Holmes, Dan and Lawrence, that is what you listen to on the score. And, Bruce, also, nice segue, Tuesday night, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, the Miller Lite top draft party, Emil's Tavern on center, located 161 Center Street in Grays Lake, 7 to 10, talking bears. While you are talking bears with the guys, Gabe and Big Ant, register to win Future Bears tickets and other prizes brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. All right, Bruce, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up, but we want to hear Doug Glanville, Marquee Sports Network, friend of the program and uh, former Cub, great major leaguer. He penned a poem for Dusty Baker that everybody wants to hear. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You still don't need cyber metrics to figure that out. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 670 the score and 670 the score.com and always live on the free odyssey app presented by bet rivers sportsbook final segment wrapping things up we had a lot of fun today and Doug Glanville, former Cub, he works for ESPN as well as the Marquee Sports Network, friend of both of ours, Bruce, did a really special thing this week. He promised Dusty Baker if Dusty won the World Series, he would write a poem for him and voice it. And this was what he came up with. Playing in a world that Dusty Baker built, there are no numbers or names across our chest. The uniforms are for the other team's benefit. We are one family under Dusty. One number with one last name that only keeps score to remind us to stay focused on what an opponent can take from us. He has always done more than play, coach, or manage. He imparts, he etches, he hones people. Touching your soul with the indelible mark of a historian that knows what time will most remember when the final out is recorded. A caretaker of the game, a character builder of men. I came to Dusty after I buried my father in a casket with a special baseball inside. On it, these words were written, my 1,000th hit. A mere footnote next to the 1,000 lessons I learned from Dusty in just a few months. We once parted ways a breath away from the World Series with a shaken sense that there is life after loss, that the game of tomorrows has to sometimes end today on a final score that breaks our hearts. But this season, in 2022, he healed hearts, as he has done for anyone in his orbit. This win is one that transcends Houston, trash cans, or apologies. It is the culmination of belief that endures, reflected when baseball history goes around the horn, from Jackie to Frank to Dusty. And in this belief, we find the beginning of a story that Dusty always knew was already written. That was brilliant. Poignant and personal, Bruce. Doug Glanville for Dusty Baker. That University of Pennsylvania uh, education was not wasted. No, it uh, was This is not only a brilliant uh, 
guy, but one of the best people you'd meet as well. Uh, success doesn't always come to the best people. In this case, it does in Doug Glanville. So congratulations to Doug and Marquis for carrying that uh, wonderful tribute to Dusty. I, I called Dusty yesterday, said, please come on the show with me and David. He said, Bruce, can't do it tomorrow. Love to do it soon. Trying to get home to Cali. I'm beat. So <laughs> that's directly from Dusty Baker, who off of the uh, one-year contract that he got. I don't care how much you're paying Dusty Baker for one year. That's insulting. I, I know Dusty doesn't really care about it at this point in time. It's not about the money. It's about the chance for Dusty to win another World Series next year with a, obviously the odds-on favorite to win again next year will be Houston with all that great young pitching they have. Well, thanks for the effort, Bruce. Dusty Baker got what he deserves, a World Series victory. I think he now – he was headed to Cooperstown anyway, but now he can do so with the ring and with it removing any doubt. I, I do believe that he is is a great guy who was maybe treated unfairly on his way out of town in Chicago, uh, but he has certainly had that success. It was a little insulting, the one-year contract, but I guess I'm just happy he's coming back. I was on one of those guys that thought that he might ride off into the baseball sunset after winning it all, but what he did for that franchise based on the, yeah. the depths that they were in, it, they, they can't put a price tag on that because and, uh, of what he meant. And I, I root for him because he's uh, just three months uh, younger than I am. So uh, with it, with that in mind, uh, you know, keep on going. Keep going, Dusty. Ride it. Ride it as long as you can yes. because you're on top. We have people to thank, David, including our guest, uh, Matt Mervis. Sean yeah. uh, Sears did a tremendous job for producing you uh, stepped in when I had to step out, and as always, the consummate pro. It's always a pleasure doing the show with you, David. Uh, people Thank can you, follow Bruce. me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, and also uh, on our, uh, our website 670thescore.com. Looking forward to more hot stove talk with you next week, David. Yeah, we'll be back next week. You'll have some bit more big brotherly advice for Dusty Baker and everybody else here on Inside the Clubhouse. Thanks for listening, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.